Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we're talking about Hunter Dickinson's buzzer beater and the effect it might have on Michigan's season. The women's Big Ten tournament draw, hockey, football, and more. It's a jam-packed episode of Wolverine Confidential coming up. All right, guys, good to be talking with you here Monday morning, February 27th. Uh, yesterday was a wild day at Chrysler Center. Hunter Dickinson hits a ridiculous buzzer beater to send the game to overtime against Wisconsin, and then Michigan wins it. Aaron, you you were there. You were in the stands. Well, well, what was it like? Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, Did it look back. as ugly as it was on TV? No. It, so I was sit, seated in the upper level behind the basket where he hit it. Um, so I could I had a decent angle at it. it when he let it go, it like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it's got the range. I don't know if it's going to go in or not. And then it, mm-hmm. he swishes it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, it was a cool scene. I won't say that. It, it was a darn near – I think it was technically a sellout, right? So the crowd went nuts. We had, we had a bunch of Wisconsin fans actually seated, seated behind <laughs> us. So they weren't too happy, but it was – just from a, from a game perspective, I thought it was great. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, you know, all these replay reviews, you know, the ball goes out of bounds. Before that, you know, with 1.8 seconds, and they review it for the time, and they end up adding point, you know, point three, which, you know, maybe matters, but also gives Michigan the chance to – you know, to huddle and draw up a play. Now, what they drew up, I mean, in the end, it works. Um, you know, it's tough when when you when you need a three and the other team knows you need a three. You know, they they took away Joey Baker. That was option number one, kind of coming off a Dickinson screen. And then, uh, you know, Dickinson was was the outlet guy. He then, you know, backs up a little bit, uh, pretty, pretty far away from the hoop, um, you know, gathers a, a pass that's lofted just enough over the, you know, outstretched arms of a Wisconsin player, then goes crashing into the Michigan bench. You know, takes the one dribble. That's what I was like most impressed with. How he, you know, he he knew how much time he had, and he he gathered himself. He got you know took the one dribble to kind of get a little closer to the hoop, and then, yeah, I mean, Zook saying it was it was ugly. I, I get what you're saying. Like the the way he shoots, he's very kind of like set shooter. I mean, he's seven feet tall, so you know he's not he's not rising up you know off the dribble like too often. So uh, yeah, I'm just saying of, like he, the play he, in general though too. Yeah, like, it, right. it, it could have like the pass could have not easily could have not connected, and they could have just not gotten any shot off too. And like so, it's well, just <laughs> that was a thing. He bobbled it initially, you know. Yes, and I, I was wondering right. at the time if he was going to have enough time to get it off, and, and he yep. did, you know, in his, his own his own way. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if the question was asked, Andrew, but was that the play? I mean, obviously they were taking Baker away, so they couldn't get him the ball. But were like, yeah, were they yeah, going to exactly. try and drop a screen for someone else? Yeah, that that was it. I mean, it was okay. to get to get. Baker coming around and they just they just took that away completely. So then uh yeah, you know, Hunter said he was then the the outlet guy. Um, you know, Buffkin said he was just a distraction and you could see neither he nor Doug McDaniel are really in the play at all. They're not they're not even like near at the three point line in some cases, which is what's mm-hmm. interesting. But uh, I guess you're trying to draw some defenders away from there. Um, you know, it's the kind of the play before that was interesting with Michigan, you know, calling two timeouts, you know, back to back before they even inbounds the ball, only to then, you know, have Kobe Buffkin do an isolation play. And uh but but yeah, they uh they they catch a break. You know, Jawan Howard said like we deserve that one. You know, Hunter deserved it. The team deserved it. And you know, I don't know how the math works on like, hey, you have five or six kind of close losses at the end. Does that equal one? You know, miraculous buzzer beater. Maybe that's fair. I I don't know. You know, yeah, they didn't, they say, didn't he say he was? They were owed it. 
Owed it, yeah. Yeah, like which is even worse. Like it's sports, you're not owed anything. Like you do, right. you earn. Like you earn uh, it, and I, they did, and they earned it by making that shot. Right, exactly. So, yeah, but so like, I didn't. Go. I didn't like that that comment really much, <laughs> yeah. too much yeah. at all from Juwan. Like, yes. they, we were, they were owed it. it. So yeah, I mean, they hadn't been beat like truly at the buzzer. They hadn't had one like that heartbreaking yet. But obviously, you know, Indiana, uh, you know, Virginia, they had they had shots at the end that that could have won it and and didn't. Um, you know, and, and several other close losses, central Michigan gets them, you know, with 12 seconds left on a three. Uh, so there, there were plenty of other, you know, games that, that were close that they didn't win, but you know, they, they get this one now it's three in a row. It's uh six of the last eight. It was a, it was a strong February for, for Michigan and sets up now for, you know, a meaningful March. They're, they're 11 and seven in the big 10, which puts them in a four way tie for second place. Uh, again, we have talked about how this conference is kind of like middling. Which teams do you really see getting to the second weekend, you know, even in this NCAA tournament? I don't know. But but that's, you know, and w- worry about that later. Michigan's just trying to get into this thing. And uh, they put themselves in position. Uh, the, you know, the some of the major, you know, bracket brackets that I look at, you know, ESPN and CBS um, have not updated yet this morning. But, you know, both had Michigan at least being mentioned, um, you know, after that that Rutgers win on Thursday, which was, which was huge, you know, to get a, to get a win on the road like that. Um, and now, now they've got two, two, two tough ones. Illinois and Indiana have not played Illinois yet this year. Um, you know, Illinois is, uh, you know, they're, they're 10 and eight in the league, you know, so they like, like so many others, they've had their, their ups and downs and, you know, they just lost at, at Ohio state and an Ohio state team that, um, you know, had you know, through three conference wins going in, they had lost, uh, 10 in a row, I think, you know, four, 15 in their last 16, something like that. Um, but, you know, they, they, they finally get one against Illinois. Um, but, you know, playing at home would be, will be, uh, you know, much easier for Illinois, you'd think. So we'll see how that goes. And then Indiana, who they obviously played somewhat recently and, and you know, lost by one point. So um, I don't know. Do they have to get like one of those and then win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament? Uh, I, you know, it's just, it's so hard to tell. It's always a moving target. All these other Big Ten teams that are on the bubble too, uh, it's 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 just kind of chaos. But um, you know, I I don't know. And then there's, you know, they're they're definitely in play for this, you know, for the double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Like I said, they're 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 tied for second. The top four teams get that. So um, you know, there's there's three teams that are that are uh, ten and eight. Four teams with with eight losses, you know, be, behind them. So uh, it's so many so many scenarios are still in play. Michigan will you know will not be in that. That bottom, um, they won't play on Wednesday night in the bottom four. I'm pretty sure that's that's set. Um, but kind of anything else um, is is possible in this uh, final stretch. I, I think they've helped themselves. I, I, they're clearly firmly on the bubble. I think Jerry Palm had them in, in the first four out coming into Sunday's game. So I, I, certainly the win over Wisconsin helps their standing. Now, I, I, you know, obviously we don't know what they they really need to do because there's so many other pieces around them. Yeah. Um, but I got to think at least if you can split these next two on the road and again, win a game, the big 10 tournament, I think they're going to be right there. They'll probably have a shot. And the fact that they are playing better down the stretch in the season, I think that's got a factor in some degree that the committee, uh, but I, I'm starting to come around the big 10. You know, we talked about this like a month or two ago, whether this big 10 conference as a whole was any good. And, and I, I you know, other than the big 12, I, I think they're playing good ball. I mean, you've got several, obviously Purdue's like the best team, I, I think, but I think Indiana's surging right now. Watching's put together some good, some good, uh, good game, good victories. Michigan's playing well. 
Ireland, I mean, they're, they're good at home, but not so much on the road. I mean, you've got like Michigan State's been solid. I mean, the top half of the Big Ten, I, I think really, as we've seen, I, I think can compete, you know, at a national level in a tournament format. I mean, you never know. I mean, once you get in the NCAA tournament, assuming, you know, most of these teams get in, um, I, I don't know. The Big Ten, it, it wouldn't shock me whatever happens. If they all get knocked out in the first or second round, or most of them do, or some of them, you know, we'd see a good chunk somehow crack like the top the sweet 16 it wouldn't shock me at this point college basketball was wild this year we've seen a lot of upsets a lot of teams that we think should win don't um so i i don't know i'm excited for march whether it's the big 10 tournament the ncaa tournament i mean it's really a toss-up anyone can do anyone could probably win it yeah i mean indiana's a team i i, I like for sure um well you know we'll see about anyone else but yeah and michigan did this the last two games without jed howard um sounds like he he could have played um Yesterday, I guess like the trainer okayed it, uh, and then Juwan was like, "Nope, he's not playing." Like we already talked about this, we have a plan. He, he's not rushing back, and he's gonna, you know, take his time. And um, but I guess I kind of based on everything he said, I'd expect him to to play, um, you know, Thursday at Illinois. Um, but I don't know. Like again, <laughs> I'm not in any way suggesting like Michigan is is better off without Chet Howard. He's, he's one of their better players. He's a better scorer. But things are like. They seem to be like simpler for Michigan on offense because it's like, you know, okay, fewer shots to go around. So it's like, all right, Kobe Buffin's going to have the ball more and he's been playing better. And then they they play through Dickinson more. You don't have these stretches where he doesn't get the ball at all. Um, you know, I did I did bravely float this to Jawan Howard after the Rutgers game. And he kind of just laughed at me and was like, I, what are you even like talking about? Like, no, we miss Jet. We need him write that <laughs> i was like all right i will so yeah that's how he that's how he feels on it um but yeah it it is it is interesting you can't deny you know some, some of these results and um yeah how they look offensively so we'll see but yes you absolutely figure they they need him to kind of reach their their full potential um the the women their uh their regular season is over they beat Rutgers at home on thursday and lost at Wisconsin uh, yesterday. Yeah, played the same two teams that that the men did, just uh, uh, you know, in different in different cities. Um, you know, still no Laylophilia, and they added a, another uh, absence uh, in these two games, and that's Leah Brown. So now down their their top two players, top two scorers um, here in the last two games. Uh, the statement from the Michigan women's basketball program was this: Leah Brown will not be present or participate in tonight's game due to an in. Due to an internal issue, there will be no further comment. That was before the Rutgers game, um, and you know that held for for Sunday's game as well. So, yeah, they are they're really short-handed. Um, you know, already without Layla Felia, that's bad enough. But to not have either of those two, it's going to be really tough to win to win games in in the Big Ten or beyond. So, we'll be monitoring that. They are the the five seed. Um, you know, so they play. They play Thursday, um, probably a little before 3 p.m. Eastern time. The first game um, that day is 12.30. So, you know, they play 25 minutes after that one ends. So, uh, yeah, it'll be against either the 12 seed Minnesota or 13 Penn State. Um, Played each of them once this year. Beat Penn State at home by 10. Just crushed Minnesota uh, at Minnesota by 36 points. Uh, That was the last game that Layla Filia played. She got hurt towards the end of that blowout. Um, and then, you know, if they win that, it would be four seed Ohio state. Um, I, I think it's like a good draw for Michigan overall. Um, I mean, I guess if you're the five seed, you should have an easier path than, you know, the, 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 the six, seven, eight, you know, like I just, the fact that they get Ohio state as the four, um, 
I, I don't know. They, lo- they lost all those teams, right? They lost in, uh, the top four teams in the Big Ten, including Ohio State twice, you know, but they were they were there with them. Um, you know, I think, again, 27 turnovers in, in each of those games against them. If they can limit that number, I think they have a, a better chance against them. They match up better with them than they do, you know, the top three teams in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, to be where they are, I think they have, they have a chance, but they, they need to get their players back. Yeah, I mean, with without... Leah Brown and Felia, that's just that's just too much to overcome. And we kind of saw that against Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin's 11 and 19, 6 and 12 in the Big Ten. And I did Michigan was on the road on Sunday, but uh, I mean, that's still uh, not a great loss for, for them, 78 to 70. Uh, and I mean, Wisconsin shot, what, I think over 50% from uh, from three point range at nine of 17. I mean, so that's that's kind of tough to overcome. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I think Michigan can get by the, their first game in the big 10 tournament, but I just can't see a scenario where they knock off Ohio state with, without their two best players. There's, this team just isn't deep enough in, in my opinion. No, I mean, it, it just puts it, put, put, you know, way too much pressure on Emily Kaiser over these last two games. And I mean, she, she delivered against Rutgers 14 of 17, uh, right. from the field for, uh, you know, a, a career high thirty four points. Um, but then and you know, she shot so, nineteen field goals on against <laughs> Wisconsin too. I mean, that's just, that's a lot for her. It is. It is seven and nineteen in that one. And you know, Maddie Nolan p- played better, hit some shots, kind of came out of a slump. But um, you know, again, then you're you're asking Jordan Hobbs to do a lot more, and just you know, everyone, everyone down the line has to take on a little bit more. And uh, yeah, they're not they're not exactly built like that. And there's, there's no, there's no shame in that. Mo- most teams wouldn't be able to um, kind of, you know, withstand those kind of losses. So we'll see, we'll see, uh, you know, if they can get back closer to, to full strength, um, you know, for, for this week in Minneapolis is where the big 10 tournament is uh, this year. So uh, yeah, we've got, we've got, you know, plenty of, of other news. Uh, like I was saying, let's, let's, uh, Let's talk. Let's talk hockey next because they they played this weekend as well, and their their regular season is now over. Uh, also, Zoo kind of update us on where things stand with machine hockey. Yeah, so they 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 were able to clinch the the number two seed in the in the Big Ten tournament despite uh, only picking up uh, a couple points in the in their final series against Notre Dame. They were fortunate that Ohio State, who was tied with Michigan heading into the final final weekend, lost both of their games to Minnesota. Um, so really, I mean, Michigan had clinched the the number two seed already with uh, with a tie on on Friday night, um, even before they took the ice on Saturday. So they uh, outshot Notre Dame forty nine to twenty two on Saturday, and was probably their their best performance during this four game wins uh, winless streak. Um, just couldn't buy a goal. I mean, Notre Dame is it, it's it's got to be a frustrating team to play against because I mean they're not the most skilled team, but I mean, they stick to their systems, clog up the neutral zone. Um, they're a very physical team, and and when they're they are defending in their own zone, I mean, they just pack it in and keep teams on their perimeter. So it's really tough to kind of generate quality scoring chances against them. And I mean, they're just looking to to create a turnover or two and, and go down on an odd man rush, and they were able to do that in overtime on Saturday and picked up an overtime win. And I mean, for for the Irish, it's this weekend is huge because they're back in the in the NCAA tournament picture. For Michigan, it didn't really hurt them too much as far as the Big Ten. Uh, they're still able they still were able to get that number two seed. So they'll host this first round series coming up against Wisconsin, who is by far the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, so they need to win two out of three there, and then they would also host the semifinal game too at Yost Ice Arena. So home ice is huge. 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I know after the game, I mean, against Ohio State the previous week, the players and, and Coach uh, Brandon Rado weren't too pleased with their play. They didn't play great on Friday night either until they were down in the third period and kind of picked up their play late in the game to, to get that tie. But Saturday they were they were much better uh, controlling the play, pushing the pace a little bit more. So we'll see. And they're healthy. They're, they're the healthiest they've been all year. Uh, they had got Luke Hughes back on Saturday, who missed the previous three games with an injury. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But they're you got to like how uh, things are shaping up for them come playoff time. Very nice. We got postseason, you know, upon us here in some of these winter sports. Um, you guys were at Beckler Hall on. Thursday got to talk to Jim Harbaugh. I was, you know, I was in New Jersey for for Michigan Rutgers. Um, I don't know. I saw saw a lot of headlines coming out of it. Uh, yeah, I guess if you guys can sort of sum up some of the the, the key points from from what you heard. Well, it was the first time we talked to him since the Fiesta Bowl, and it's been we had a lot. So we had a lot to cover. Uh, Thirty minutes, you know, since we last talked to him, it was. Yeah, we we learned of the NCAA investigation and recruiting violations. We learned about. Uh, you know, Jim had interviewed again with the NFL, and then we thought we heard about the termination from Matt Weiss. So a lot of questions were asked. Uh, Jim didn't have didn't want to say much about the Weiss situation. Um, and, you know, he was asked about the NFL interviews, and it sounds like that's kind of re- going to be a revolving door for him going forward. He didn't rule out, uh, you know, uh, doing it again. He, he basically said that calls came in. He chose whether or not to answer the calls. And you know, he made a point of saying, look, you know, I'm not the only one that's gauging interest from other either other institutions or other school or other NFL teams. Um, and, and as he pointed out, as was reported, we reported last um, last week, uh, Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minner interviewed with the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, you know, he, he said, you know, it, it was a business decision, basically, is what he chalked it up to. Uh, he listened. He decided that Michigan was where he wanted to be. And then he ultimately decided to stay for, for this year. Um, he didn't rule out, you know, the future. We'll, we'll see, obviously, going forward. And I feel like we talk about it every offseason, whether Jim's going to, you know, leave for the NFL or not. So uh, it was a lengthy session, a lot of questions about the team personnel. Uh, sounds like some guys were banged up at the start of spring ball, particularly some of the early um, the transfers. Uh, Drake Nugent and Miles Hinton, two offensive linemen that transferred in from Stanford, are not full goals at the beginning of spring practice. Uh, Blake, Blake, Blake Corum is not full go. It sounds like he won't be really a full participant until June. Uh, so he'll be ready for Paul camp. But right now he's not doing a ton. That's what it sounds like. So uh, a lot going on. They're three practices in. They have the week off this week uh, for spring break for the university. And then they get back at it next week. Um, as we, I think we've talked about spring games, April 1. And they're, they're set to close spring practice early April. So things are going strong. Jim's very happy. I guess what the team is. He's happy with the quarterback room. A lot of depth, a lot of positions. Was we'll get into in the off season, but a lot of discuss with Jim. Yeah, I kind of wish I wasn't in the in the front row during the, during the press conference on Thursday because there were some like some comments that he made that kind of made me smirk and I had to hold in some some laughter. Whether it was him talking about like lasers or, or calling calling one of the reporters by the wrong name or saying how like. The, the mission's just below the step, uh, uh, the step of perfect perfection, and in, in everything they do, basically, and, and the recession proof. And it was there were some interesting comments he made that kind of led led to some good chuckles. But yeah, I mean, he spoke for thirty about thirty minutes, which is which is long for him. So it was good to good to see him talk in the media again for the first time. And yeah, about about two months now. Yeah, I mean, as far as the the NCAA investigations, what you know. Again, did he did he shed any light on on what's going on? No, I mean he basically uh, offered no comment. I think at this point, they're, he's told not to say anything that could jeopardize sure. potential 
investigation. I did ask if he thinks about the repercussions maybe moving forward uh, in terms of, you know, potential what his, what punishment he could face, the program could face. He didn't really want to talk about it too much. Um, he's going to, I think, let it kind of play out and, and, and go from there. And as we've said, this could take a while. This could drag on. Um, I know there's been talk of him potentially facing a suspension if he's found, I don't say guilty because this isn't the court of law or anything like that. But at the end, they find him, you know, um, you know, liable for some of this stuff. I mean, he, there's been talk of him potentially facing, you know, a multi-game suspension. Well, that may not take place this year. That might not be till next year, given the, the fact that given how long uh, some of these NCAA, um, you know, probes take. So uh, we'll see a lot going on. Um, you know, he was happy about elevating Kirk Campbell, the quarterback's coach. He was excited, ecstatic to bring Chris Partridge back on staff. Um, you know, and we'll probably dive into this more as the offseason goes on. But I have to think this, just from a, just from a talent and recruiting perspective, this probably has one of Jim's better coaching staffs he's had since he's gotten to Michigan. You could probably make the case maybe it's his best. Um, but, you know, he, he thinks things are going strong. Um, you know, they feel motivated after that loss to TCU, obviously. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see it here. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, like like we like we said, a lot a lot to come here on MLive.com slash Wolverines with uh, you know, all these all these teams uh, in action, especially going into the postseason. So, yeah, stay tuned for continued coverage there. And thank you for listening.